Everybody knows that the best part of White Chicks is Terry Crews singing A Thousand Miles. But the second best part was obviously Marlon and Sean Waynes walking around in blonde wigs, putting on their best Valley Girl accents, and busting the move to run DMCs is tricky. Remember when they did the kid and play? <laughs> Everybody should have known those wasn't white girls. But let's be real. Even before White Chicks, Marlon was killing it as one of the Wayne brothers long before he ever put on that miniskirt. He pulled that shit off. You'll see them legs. <laughs> but back to his family. They are the Jacksons of the comedy world. The amount of movies and TV shows they've created is ridiculous. At any given time between the 90s and 2000s, you'd be sure to find a Wayne's brother or sister name in the credits of your favorite film or TV show. And for Marlon, he was either producing, writing, or acting in most of them. Sometimes he did all three. Sometimes stars who hit in the 90s have a hard time keeping that same energy as time goes on. But as for Marlon, he's still working and creating projects to make us laugh. He smell real good. And his comedy special, <laughs> Wokish, and his movie Sextuplets are on Netflix now. So sit back and listen to my convo with the white chick herself, Tiffany Wilson, also known as Marlon Wayans. Today we're talking to actor, comedian, writer. youngest writer. What else you want to put in? Producer. Producer, youngest of ten. Pop locker. No. <laughs> Ex pop locker. Ex pop locker. I knew it. Terrible breakdancer. <laughs> Terrible breakdancer. Mama's favorite. Mama's favorite. Don't tell my brothers. <laughs> Marlon Wayans. You forgot model. That's what it says on Wikipedia, but they lying. <laughs> So uh, I mentioned you're the youngest, so we're gonna start with that. I like, was out with my boys last oh, night. Oh, I mean, if you, unless you want to talk about that. I, I needed a strong black lead to get me back to my room. <laughs> I was gone. What did you get into at SFS um, last night? Me, Anthony Anderson, and Anthony Mackey. So I was with two Anthony's. We were uh, just up at some casino gambling and drinking, and I didn't. Do you know, have regrets? I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> About, about about $1,000 worth of regrets, yeah. I lost. I was doing good, I, I was up, I was feeling myself, I was like, mm. yeah. And then, the straight tequilas hit me, and I started playing 300 a hand. And, and you only lost $1,000? In three hands, I was done. Oh. Uh, I only had 400 with me, so uh, yeah, I, I made a come up and gave it all back. Well, that's what they want. Moral to the story is, don't play blackjack and drink tequila at the same time. Don't hang out with two Anthonys at the same time. <laughs> That's that probably too. what it was. Messed it. And ain't one of them Anthonys walked me back to my room. I, at least Black Falcon. I thought Falcon was going to take me <laughs> and fly me to the room. I understand Blackish, you know, he, I thought he was going to be morally correct and take my room, but he left me. I was like, all right, F you wish. And then the other dude <laughs> didn't, the superhero, but he got the nice Marvel check and he couldn't even take me back to my room and make sure I was safe. But I'm here to tell the story. Did so. you come straight from the party then? No, <laughs> or no. Did you ever no, make it back I, to I your slept. room? I slept. I slept. <laughs> okay. All I need is an hour. Is this like a frequent thing, and that's why it's, it's hitting you? Or is no, I work too you, much. Exactly. To so you frequently haven't, like do. You haven't anything. drunk like this in a in a while, no. so it's it's it's, it's kind I just of finished, I just wrapped a movie in New York with Sofia Coppola, Bill Murray, Rashida Jones, and I was so straight. I like I didn't drink. I was working out every day. I was feeling myself, I was yeah. like romantic lead. Mm -hmm. And then when they said, it's a wrap, I got on a plane, came here, landed, and I met up with Anthony Anderson and Anthony Mackey, and I regret every <laughs> second of that meeting. So now we know what uh, vibe Marlon is coming from, <laughs> let's get into. And D-Nice, he was there too. I just remember, D-Nice was there. 
I'm sure there's all I've known Derek since I was 11. Mm. He was trying to get me drunk on I'm gonna get you sucker set. And I said, I'm too young. And then last night, he got me drunk. It was 40 years that he uh, been telling me he's gonna get me drunk, and he got me drunk. You had people trying to get you drunk at 11? I mean, he was on the set, he was with Boogie Down Productions, mm -hmm. which is BDP. I grew up on sets because my brother has been producing, directing movies since I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember when my brother Keenan sent me the script to I'm gonna get you sucker. I was 10, I read it on the bed and I laughed out loud. I damn near pissed myself. And that was the day that I said I wanted to be a writer. Oh, that's cool. Because I never, I didn't know words could make you laugh like that. That was the day I became a writer. So you already had your brothers in the business, yeah. but you still went to performing arts schools. I feel like some people would be like, well, I don't need to go be taught anything. I already got an in, and you decided to learn the craft because you really when, wanted. When you coming up behind giants, you mm. better get your stuff together. I mean, right. I, I, got, I was raised in a house with legends. And right. If I want to be one, or e even walk in those footprints, you got to study since you're that big. Right. You know, it's a lot trying to not live up to, to who they are, but it's a lot trying to carve out who you you're are when you're raised in a family full of comedic giants. Everybody's so, funny and talented. Everybody's That's funny. That's crazy. What's in the water in, in you guys' jeans? What I don't do you think? know. Um, lots of jokes, but yeah. here's the thing. Like, like for me, I, I never wanted to do stand-up comedy because I always felt like, what do I have to offer? When you do stand-up, you talk about your life mm -hmm. and you talk about your childhood. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, there's five other comedians in my family. By the time I come up, I ain't gonna have no stories left. They gonna tell all the stories. But that, that turns out to not be true. It's not true. Right. What happens is you find your voice. When I started doing stand-up about eight, 10 years ago, I found that I got my own stories, my mm -hmm. own development. Even though with all Wayne's is, my experience is different than everybody else's experience. And so I did know I always wanted to be in the industry. So I, at a young age, I was preparing. I wanted to be an actor before I see my brothers do it. Like, before I saw Keenan in the TV, I was already doing Peter Pan in the second grade play. Mm. I was, you know, Casey at the Bat in my first grade play. I always knew this was something I wanted to be. I actually turned down the role of Oliver Twist in the fourth grade because I felt like it was degrading. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to ask and wasn't beg. wasn't fleshed out. <laughs> I, I, I said no. I turned it down. I remember all my teachers was begging me, you, Mr. Burns, you have to be in it. You're the most fabulous actor in the school. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> No, it's degrading. This reminds me of Chicken George and Roots. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm gonna have to pass. And then they offered me the beginning, and I said, no, I'll do it, but I'm not gonna play Albert Twist. I'm gonna play the villain. That's who I'm gonna play. And I wore it out, because I was funny, but I was dark, and I, I didn't give in. I let Joe Calloway play Oliver Twist, and he was a little guy, and he had this bar between his legs, and he used to walk like this. And so me being Mr. Bumble and being able to push him around, he actually made a better Oliver Twist than I did. Because Oliver Twist is supposed to be like, oh, I feel so bad for Oliver. So you instantly feel bad for a dude with, you a, know, bar between his legs. with a rod between his legs. Right. I felt bad for him. I, there was times I wanted to push him on the slide, but I couldn't. <laughs> what? He had the rod between his legs. <laughs> I always knew I wanted to be an actor. What happened that you were like, I'm ready to start stand-up now? after thinking for so long that you well, didn't have anything to say. I told you I just didn't want to do it because right. another thing, what I, happened where I did didn't it? want to be like my brothers. I uh, always wanted to be me. I loved them. And when I was younger, I wanted to be them. But as I got older, I wanted to have my own path to success. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be the actor of the family. 
I did stand up early in my career, like when I was like 17, 19. I did it like 60 times. Chris Rock heckled me, I quit. <laughs> He's an asshole for that. <laughs> I'm gonna go to his next taping, I mean, I'm gonna heckle him. I feel like if you're gonna get heckled, quit. <laughs> get heckled by a legend. All right, so I quit. I didn't do it again until I uh, did a movie called Behind the Smile that my brother Damon directed, and it's about a comedian. So I started doing stand-up because I had to do that role. Mm. It was a great movie. He never released it. I don't know why, but he has my Oscar in a closet somewhere in his house. So after that, I didn't do stand-up again. And then I auditioned to, for the role of Pryor. And the actor in me brought me to the stage because if I'm gonna play Richard Pryor, then I better get my black ass on stage. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna play the greatest comedian to ever right. live, then you better get your comedy game up. So I started doing stand-up and I had got the role and then it went away. And Richard Pryor role, I don't know. It goes to everybody. Like yeah. it was supposed to be me, Mike Epps, yeah. um, Damon was supposed to do it at one point. Eddie was gonna do it. Right. Uh, I think Kevin's up for it now. Um, <laughs> I mean, doesn't that kind of say like? He doesn't look like. He doesn't look like him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's not he even not. close to height. He does. You put him in stilts. No, I'm joking. They, but do you feel him. like that's because Richard Pryor is such a thing onto himself that it's been hard to find somebody. No, I think that it's, it's just, just hard, industry shit. It's just a hard movie to make. A, a lot of what's going on with the rights and the creative. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with the movie, but I know, I believe in alchemy and I believe in God does things for a reason. Right. Me growing up, idolizing Richard Pryor, that brought me to the stage. And ever since I started doing comedy, I found that I didn't want to play a great, I want to be a great. And so now, I'm doing stand-up every weekend. I did my first special. I'm ready for my next one. I know what my next two or three are gonna be. Now, I'm working on my own legend. And the very thing that I said that I didn't wanna do, now is the thing that I feel like I'm excelling at, which is stand-up. Stand-up is making me an all-around better comedic artist. It's so what I needed. Like, I've been a star for 30-something years. But I think in order to get to superstardom, you have to add something to the game. You have to, you have to change something. And I think that's the thing that's going to glue it all together. What are you getting out of it? Vision. Sitting in the pocket. Stillness. Knowing when to be funny, when not to be funny. Poise. Listening better. Communicating better. I'm a better storyteller. That's why I stopped doing parody. Because I felt like parody is me doing a bunch of jokes. Whereas if I could hang these jokes on a story, I could affect people worldwide and make them feel something, not just laughter, but feel something about a movie. And you go, yo, that feels good. You know, right. when you watch a movie, you go, I feel good, or I feel something. That's what I'm able to do in my stand-up. Like, so that, you're trying to make connections, basically. Yeah, with the, with and, and I, think, I think it helps you as an artist like when you really learn that. And it's funny that comedy taught me more about drama and story. You know, the you're the actor. From pain thing. Comedy yeah, is pain. coming from tragedy. Yeah. When the worst thing happens to me, I go, "What's funny about that?" <laughs> now, I <laughs> think that's a crazy. special black people power. What do you think about that? I feel like not black every people, black people. Some it, it, some people. Not every, you know, but most of us. And you cry. You go, I can't. I can't. I can't. I feel like we can make fun of most situations, I and think, that's how we survive. <laughs> I think. Well, I think black people inherently have the greatest senses of humor because mm. you have to look at where we came from. Right. We had to laugh at slaves in yeah. that hot sun. Yeah. We still had to find 
you know, Something. the joys yeah. in whatever misery we've been handed. And so I think that that's why when you go to the front of a black audience, man, you can say whatever you want to say. They with you. They, they ready don't to laugh. laugh. As long as it's funny. Right. You can't just throw some bull crap out there. They, go, they also no. ready to boo you. They boo you. <laughs> huh. Have you done no <laughs> They will boo you. I ain't tripping. Like, I don't worry about boos and all that. They will boo you if you bad. Right. Well, yes, If you yes. good, right. ain't nobody going to laugh laughter. louder. Yes, 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 yes. And see, but when you doing the late night at the Apollo or Showtime at the Apollo, they look for you to be unfunny because the fun of the show is the boo. Right, I be right. at home like, boo, <laughs> boo. That was the fun of the show. But right. for me, I, I think you have to not give in to the boo. You can't be afraid. They see fear in your eyes. You can't let them see fear in your eyes. <laughs> you have to go out there and you have to command the room. As a comedian, you are surfing a crowd. Right. It's like they're the ocean, this powerful thing that's coming at you. And if a surfer can surf on the ocean, then I can handle any size audience as long as I know my structure, as long as I, I know where I'm going. I could bomb my first five minutes and then I could shut them up. Isn't that part of the fun? Oh, yeah, I like to lose you. I like to lose you. That's if called, you're gonna judge me, I'm gonna say a lot of shit to piss you off. That's called masochism, do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of comedians yeah. are. We like the pain as, yeah, as much as I, yeah. the laughter. Yeah, I don't care about is, your laughter. Right. I care that you're listening. Maybe right. I got your attention now. Right. Now, oh, that, that hurt you? That Oh, you're offended by that. Well, I'm going to go a little deeper. Here's how you shut everybody up when you talk about you. You can't tell me how to feel about my situation, about my life, about mm -hmm. my pain. I'm not talking about you. I'm not making fun of you. I'm talking about me. Right. So when you talk about you, you can't judge me. You just got to shut up and listen because wow. this is my life. All right, so the Wayans Brothers, that was your first show with your brother. Was that like during the black renaissance? Was that during when it, it, there was a, a good amount of shows with black people on? In and out, we go in and out yeah, of style. So yeah. that was like during so that time. So me, our wave came after the Black Pack wave. Okay. The Black Pack wave was Eddie Keenan, right. Robert Townsend, Paul Mooney, that wave. Me so y'all were starting Sean, the second one. Yeah, me, Sean, Jamie Foxx. Steve Harvey, Martin, uh, Martin, yeah. Will Smith. We was a whole nother wave. Me and Sean came out on a brand new network. We launched the WB. We are two young black men that created a show. I was 20 and Sean was like 22. You would think we'd get all this support. That's what I wanted to ask you. And we That was a black ass show. <laughs> hammered. Everybody hated us. <laughs> Cosby hated us. <laughs> him in jail right now? That was my prayer. <laughs> That's what you get for hating Wayans brothers like you did. What, what, he, Everybody. what did he hate about you guys? Well, here's the thing. We are physical comedians, right? And we speak from blue collar. I was born and raised in the projects of New York City. Not everybody wants to taste that bitter fruit of mm. truth. Like, like that's my perspective. Yeah, this yeah. is my life. So. Our show was about two men struggling to make it. Cosby was about. You said was cool, I, I made it. Yeah. I well, made it. We I, all see what I'm a is doctor. Now. I have my <laughs> my lovely family, my my precious son, and my three beautiful daughters, and it's the perfect life. We was the opposite. Right. We were single, young, but struggling, with a wild dad. We were physical. We was we was the anti-Cosby show. Right. Because we were young, hip, speaking to this, our generation. He spoke to families. We, to this day, 
Wayans brothers, they still quoting, still laughing, still. Now, we always get love after the fact. Me and, this is what me and my family, this is like, our thing is we don't get loved in the moment, but as time progresses, People always look back and go. But that's man, what happens that, when you don't uh, be a menace. Was when you're a pioneer. When you're the first to do it. No. Yeah. Nobody gives so, you credit. Yeah, right, yeah. brothers never <laughs> get the credit they deserve. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It's like, but over time, yeah. this is the testament. Is how well you do over time. Right. Wayne's brothers was 25 years ago. Right. It's still. Still on I want to ask about, like, did you guys have to fight the network to get some of the stuff on? Or did they give you guys creative license to do whatever you wanted? Well, me and Sean learned a lot watching Keenan on Living Color mm. of how to deal with censors. And what we found was the key is don't tell me what I can't say. Tell me how I can say it. That's how we dealt with it. And we were young. Back then, we didn't, we didn't want to hear nothing. Our first show. Yeah. Like, you're not supposed to get a show until you're like in your 40s and you understand the industry. And you've done years of stand-up. We was two young dudes straight out of like just entering Hollywood. I was in Hollywood for a year and a half. Mm. And we created that show. Our producers was giving us hell. All of our Zek producers, they would marry you. When you're two black guys with your idea, they give you these two old white producers right. and you just don't, it's like, yo, I would never say that. Right. I would never say dragon dung. I'm just sorry. <laughs> right. Right. I, I, would say, I would say dragon turds. Right. I would say dragon shit. Right. I would say dragon poop. I'm not saying, dragon dung just don't come out of my mouth. I don't know what right. that is. That's not what we say. So we would have these arguments. I'll do your joke. I'm going to give you my best shot. Watch this. And I'll do your joke. You went, oh, you want me to do it again? All right, so I'm going to do that joke again. And I, I do it for you five different times. It's the, you have to say it like this. All right, boom. These are your writers talking. Yeah. yeah. And then you go, all right, now, all right, bet. Keep it rolling. Sean, come in. Marlon, come in. All right, bet. All right, action. And we do I'll take. Sometimes me and Sean would just look in the screen like this. I'm so like, after no, a while, they got to let you Knowing you they're in the booth, we just look directly <laughs> in the camera. <laughs> well, it, that was, what, four years? That went on. We went for, That's a long time. We went on. TV we, land. We did 101 episodes, and they brought us a clock, and then they canceled us. And me and Sean had this joke <laughs> that the clock said, time's up, niggas. <laughs> <laughs> It's still a good run. hundred. That's syndication yeah. land. It's syndication. Yeah, you know, so. and, and here's the thing. I learned a lot. Yeah. Like, when I just did Marlon, which we had a nice two-year run, I understand it better. When a network gives you notes, you don't get offended by it. You listen. And you go, all right, so how do I keep the integrity of what I'm trying to do? Right. Apply what they're trying to say with the story and the studio notes. Because if you're smart, you want to apply network and studio notes. Because... They're selling to advertisers. Exactly. Yeah. And they know how to sell to their advertisers. Yeah. They know they have good story notes. If you listen. I find it takes a while and I take everything personal. Yeah. <laughs> because look, in, a, in, in comedy, right? When people give you notes, it's like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. And every now and then, something like, ah, I, yeah. I, I like that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same thing for any art, right? Yeah. So we're very protective of the art of comedy. But when you're applying story, for a business reason and taking all those notes and still constructing and keeping the integrity of your comedy, then you're making some really good long lasting stuff. What project do you think people ask you about most? I'm gonna, I have a guess of what it, I think well, it is, but. Uh, it depends where I'm at. It's I crazy. feel like everyone always just talks white, about white uh, chicks. No, no, okay. White chicks, 
universally. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I, I go to Brazil. Banquelas, banquelas. Uh, but you'd be surprised. People love Little Man, mm. Wayne's Brothers. Mm. Don't be a menace. I have kids coming to me going, don't be a menace. You love dog. Like this was 25, 27 cool. years ago. <laughs> Scary movie. Mm. I, they still come to me, yo, yo, do shorty. Like, and, and it's for me, I feel good because, you know, we never try to make a show. We never try to make a movie. We always set out to make the funniest thing we could make. I never want to settle on anything. Like, I want to, I want to make a classic. I want to make stuff that when I'm dead, people are still laughing. That's why I'm doing this, because my cells will forever live in everybody else's smiles when I'm no longer here. Lucille Ball, man, I still laugh mm -hmm. at Lucille. Why? Because the effort she put in. She was a fool. Yeah. She did not care. Committed. She committed, mm -hmm. right? And for me, I'm a physical comedian. I wear that as a badge of honor. Everybody's, oh, you're black, you shouldn't be. No, you should be. Why can't white people have Jim Carrey? Right. But when our people are black and we're physical, all of a sudden we're coons and buffoons. Right. That's some fucking bullshit. Well, that's our Those are crabs in a bowels, <laughs> and that's a, a mentality yes. that people need to change because what happens is you kill your own diversity. Right. We should be able to do everything that they do and then some. I would say that we did it first and uh, then had to stop. We were, we were, right, yeah. but why do we, like I, me and my brothers, we talk and we sit there and we go, why do we call out forefathers of comedy coons and buffoons? I right. think that's, that's degrading. Right. We should celebrate those people because they did something. If it wasn't for them, there'd be no Richard Pryor. Right. Right. There would be no Eddie Murphy. Right. There would be no, you got to celebrate well, what you were. Well, that's what I'm were. saying. I would think people like Step and Fetch it. Those are, those are also Jim Carrey's I know that. Uh, idols. They, so why they, they Charlie Chaplin. Take, yeah. Put, say yeah. Charlie Chaplin on one of <laughs> Buster Keaton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you say Andy Amos, black people. Mm. Mm, yeah. You, you say Stephen Fetcher. Mm. Yeah. Stephen Fetcher was one of the first black millionaires. And yeah, it was a character, but that man did what he had to do to get us in the game. Now, over time, we can evolve and we could change it, but you can't be mad for somebody right. that did something back then that was successful. Right. And we, we're going to shit on their legacy because of what? because of what we're programmed to think a certain way. We need to celebrate all that we are in order to become all that we're gonna become. You gotta, there's always a past, there's always a history, and you gotta celebrate and you gotta own that. And now we can take it wherever we wanna go. So you say you got a lot of backlash for the Wayans Brothers. When White Chicks came out, did you get backlash from comedians for that? Like the whole dressing like you, a listen, woman, all that stuff that, uh, that, that Black people <laughs> turn no, off of I didn't. I mean, you get the angry brother. Why we gotta wear a dress? <laughs> Cause it's funny, nigga. When <laughs> <laughs> Robin Williams wears a dress right. and Mrs. Doubtfire, white right. people go, oh, I can't believe Robin Williams would do that. No, they give him a Golden Globe. Right. Shut up and celebrate. <laughs> like, and here's the thing, like. Me and my brothers, we don't, we don't listen to all that, man. For us, we do everything with integrity. We do everything with kids' gloves. We say so much about pop culture, about society. We say so much about things that are happening, relevant to our people. We just throw them in there with little I mean, you, subliminal messages and people laugh at it. We've been doing this for years. You're super lucky you like, came up with your own crew. You know, if you get criticism, any of those things, you have someone always around you to not have to worry about. My anything. brothers will pull yeah. my coattails. Yeah. Well, from them, it's different. They will yeah. be like, yeah, mm, Keenan, mm, he speaks real quiet. Sometimes, mama, you just go a little too crazy. <laughs> Damon go, yeah, you little, you little out there for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, but you, my thing is, you know, it's who I am. Right. I'm going to be true to who I am. And I know what my skill set is. I know my superpowers. The fact that I don't give a fuck is one of the greatest gifts that I have. Right. If I had a gift, it'd be I don't give a fuck. Right. And I think that's a gift. Good for the stage, not to give it's a fuck. It's great for the stage. Yeah. It's great for everything you do. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, you, you can judge me, but I'm going to do it. Right. And over time, I'm going to wear you down. You're going to laugh. Right. You see the effort. Like, if I look at anything I do, it's always an effort. And that's all I care about is that I did, I gave 150% every time out. That's all. And I left it, I left that shit on the stage. So I've been hearing White Chicks 2 rumors, but I wanted Ted to Ted Cruz crazy. Somebody <laughs> shut him up. If he wasn't so damn big, I'd say, shut your ass up. But he's so big and he can move his chest like that. Is he the one who started I don't want him it? hit me with one of them, <laughs> with his, one of his nipples. Yeah, he keeps starting this damn rumor. Shut the fuck up, Terry. Off of no, that. here's the thing. Listen, <laughs> the reality of it is that is a movie. Mm -hmm. If somebody was smart, they would do that movie. If somebody was smart, but not you. No, we would. We would. Oh, you would. Me and oh, my brothers. Mean, it's a sequel okay. we would make. Okay. We ain't gonna, ain't gonna be free. Okay. <laughs> so, no, because you're talking about seven hours of makeup. Yeah. I just did this for another movie. Seven hours of makeup, right. and then we work 16 hours after that. So you're saying you wait for the offer, is what you're saying? It got to be right. It got to be right. It got to be right. Now, but offer that, I want to Right enough. You. It ain't got to be even. It's just right enough. I, that's a movie you don't do for free. Right. And you have to have a budget that's going, that we can make it slightly bigger than the first one. Movies are more expensive. When we made White Chicks the first time, it was like a $30 million, $35 million budget. You need more this time. If you could make White Chicks the first one now with like everything that's going on with comedy, absolutely, you could. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. I think you can make any movie. Yeah. Right. I think it's as long as it's good. It's, it's good. Like, yeah. And it gotta it gotta come from somewhere. When we did White Chicks, we wasn't going undercover to make fun of white people. We wasn't going to degrade black folks. We did some like it hot, but with two black guys, and we turned us into two white girls. My brother Sean called me up and he said we should do something like it hot. And he showed me a cover of Paris Hilton and her sister on the cover of some magazine and said, we should play them. And I thought he was high. I was like, what are you smoking? Give me some of that. You said what? And we thought about it and we started thinking the concept through and we was like, yo, this is a, a funny gender switching movie for this generation. How do we flip it? And then we started bringing in the culture of what we knew about from our experience. The brother that loves white girls so much that he ain't mad that I'm I'm a man at the end of the movie. He mad I ain't white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the thing, the fact that the N-word, you know what I mean? Here, uh, when we're in the car with the girls and we say the N-word and they're like, there's nobody around. Mm -hmm. And then they join right. in. It's like, that's we said, yeah, yeah, it is real shit. And that's the thing that made everybody laugh. We right. took and talked about the culture. And we infused the culture of what today is. And we, we know how to do it. It's like there's a formula. You could talk about anything. You could do anything. We do it with kids' gloves. And we always do it in a respectful tone that is inclusive. We right. try to make everybody laugh. Not just, if I get one laugh in a room full of 300 people, that ain't a funny joke. Right. If I get 299 laughs and one person ain't laughing. That's their problem. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You hate your life. <laughs> Something they always want to sit in the front row. Why that mother? Get your ass in the back. <laughs> always. Not only do they sit in the front row, that's the only thing you see the whole damn. You're like, what is your I problem? I ignore them. But I look it, over them. I, I'm I, I don't, I'm like, you gonna laugh. I don't even give them 
the power. Nothing. I, I don't acknowledge you. Yeah. I'm talking <laughs> these 299 people. Right. You think I'm going to spend my... Because they want the attention. Right. I'm not going to give you my attention. I'm here for them. Right. And same thing with a heckler. Sorry, bro. You get one, oh, no, then they kicking you out. Word. I work alone, nigga. That, right. I work Call with Sean. Response. This ain't a buddy <laughs> yeah. comedy team, bro. Right. Like, you got one thing to say, then you getting out, because right. I got to make these other people laugh. Right. Um, can you tell us about your new Netflix film where you play everybody? <laughs> yeah. Me, 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 me. Yeah, look, I think life prepares you for things, right? If I hadn't done White Chicks, I could never do this movie. Mm. I knew what the workload was before I signed up to do this movie. I didn't realize how much work I was actually, because White Chicks was hard. Mm. This was harder, mm. because White Chicks was seven hours of makeup, but it wasn't 40 pounds on top of that. Seven hours of makeup, I'd work 16 hours, which is a 23-hour day. They would take the makeup off. That took an hour, hour and a half. I would go home, I would sleep for two and a half hours, and I would be called back to work to do the same thing. And I did that for like 50 days. But I'll tell you this much, it is funny as hell. And if you could be funny under that kind of duress, you are special. Yeah. I felt special. I felt like I could do anything after that yeah. movie. Not in one moment do you go, he looks miserable. I was miserable. But when they said action, I had so much fun. Yeah. But that movie, hard. <laughs> Basically, it's about a guy who is about to have a child and uh, he's having somewhat of an identity crisis because he's adopted mm -hmm. and he doesn't know his birth family and he doesn't know what he's bringing to the table for his child. And so he goes on a journey to find his birth family okay. and he finds out that he's one of six twins. Oh. And, and that's I why play, he got given away, huh? Yeah, that's like a lot of kids. <laughs> six tuplets. And I play all six of the twins and, and the mother. Wow. Yeah. That movie literally took everything that I learned in every other movie and I had to apply it. Like, I learned sketch from In Living Color and I had to apply it because sketch is character. I had to apply that to the, all the characters in Six Tuplets. When I did uh, White Chicks was my makeup movie, so I had to apply what I learned in White Chicks to that as well. And then a lot of digital head replacement, which I learned from Little Man. So it's kind of like every movie I, I ever did all rolled up into one to get that right. movie done. It's like the skill set I had to learn in order to, that's no easy task. It meant to be then, yeah. right? It's a fun family movie. It's like I went from doing these crazy ass, like my first movie I did by myself, Haunted House, I, it was crazy. Like we had some way. crazy sexual things in the movie. Ah. And it's part two, I, I banged a, a, a doll for three minutes, my brother was like, this nigga's crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Fifty Shades of Black was a little crazier. And then I think I started hitting a pocket when I did like Naked, when I said, I don't want to do parody no more. And then to do this movie, the Alan character, which is the guy with no makeup, scores the highest in the movie, which for me is beautiful because all the characters score high, but for him to score well, Without the makeup, that makes me smile. So you've been doing comedies, comedy, comedy, but you like killed it before in drama. Yeah. Are you planning on getting back in the? I would are do. You a, just waiting I, on the right thing. I would do school? a drama. I, would, I just finished a, a dramedy with um, Sofia Coppola, starring Rashida Jones and Bill Murray, and I play, you know, her, her husband and uh, like the romantic lead. And you know, it's a, a dramedy. It's a really cute story. And, and yes, I would do more, but. I don't know what the hell's wrong with my agents. And I don't, 
I, I swear, it's like. That's why I, I said you waiting for the right thing. That's what it is. I don't know what I'm like. I, what do you do with the guy do. that could do everything? Right. You let you, let you him do, do everything. everything. I don't know. Hollywood's a weird place. So instead of me waiting around for people to cast me, I create. Right. I don't wait. Right. So I create my comedies and I write my comedies and I do my stand up. And I, I, if I was waiting on Hollywood, I probably wouldn't have worked in the last 20 years. Is that advice that you would give people to create? Like everyone yeah. that I uh... my my brother Keenan taught me and my brother Sean. You be creators. You don't just be comedians. Wait you don't wait for your moment because yeah. you wait to get hot, and now you get your hot moment, and you don't know what to do with it. Being a creator, I've been creating so long, and I've never been hot. I have not had a hot moment yet. So when that comes, you know how to stay there. Getting there is you one thing. You think you've had a hot moment? No, I've never had a hot moment. I've never been What's that. that look like? I've never been the guy. I've uh, never the guy. been the guy that gets every script. Mm -hmm. I've never been the guy that they offer every TV show. I'm, I've never been the guy. Who's it, the guy right now? Right now, Kevin is Kevin. the guy. He's definitely yeah, right. he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy. For, we, we got this alien movie, Kevin Hart. <laughs> you know, Pryor. I got this Die Hard <laughs> 5. Kevin Hart would be a great. He take Bruce Willis' spot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like Tiffany, yeah. she's hot. Yes. You get the script. When you hot, you get the scripts first. Yeah. Right? I've been doing this for 30 years. I've never had the hot moment. So this portion of the show is called Deep Dive, and that's when we go back in your life to an iconic bit or a, a joke. And what we're going to do today is go back to the Waynes Brothers. I'm going to show you this clip. Let's take a listen. I probably don't even remember the clip. <laughs> Harlan Williams? Yes, that's me. We're just going to do the first set of sides you'll be reading with me. Oh, that'd be great. Whenever you're ready. Ba! 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 Ready? Yeah. Sing. Listen, Lenny. You're going to have to move along. That's how it is, huh? Always got to be coming down on the little guy. <laughs> the little guys that don't have nothing. That's right. Nothing. Rise with muffin and stuffing and David Ruffin. Like Roxanne and Molly Moore said, you ain't really only nothing. Okay. Do, do you remember it at all? I don't remember doing none of that. Like, <laughs> but isn't that cool that you've done so much stuff that you don't remember, don't remember something I so crazy? I don't remember that. Crazy. The, the one episode, <laughs> there's two episodes of Wayne's Brothers that I remember. I remember Mr. Gibbs, the funeral scene, when we were saying goodbye to Mr. Gibbs. And I kept running back in, and I would hug the coffin. I put my feet around the pastor's neck, and my brother Sean just kept grabbing me out the room, and I kept flying back in. I remember that, because that was so wild and mm -hmm. crazy. And I remember the weed episode where Marlon gets high and goes in a, on an audition. Mm. It was like a 30 minute improv take of an audition, and we cut it down to like, for insane minutes. Do you have like a real audition story that you remember? I remember when I auditioned for Batman, mm. and I Were got you it. That role? Yeah. yeah, I got it. 
But I was in there and I was like fighting and kicking. And it's funny, when I audition, I, I normally got the role. Mo Money, Damon made me audition. People think, your brother gave you a role. No, my brother didn't want me. Damon was like, listen, I'm writing this movie for Kadeem. I was like, well, what about me? <laughs> Nobody knows you. Okay, and then I was at Howard. Kadeem was busy, so he, was, he turned the role down. So Damon was like, all right, well then, I think I'm gonna give it to Claude Brooks. I said, Claude Brooks? He's about the Negro with the little ears, the little <laughs> petrol ears? Mm-hmm. He got petrol ears, but we look alike. And the studio loves him. He said, if you want this role, then you better be real funny. Yeah, I said, all right. He said, here's the thing. Don't worry about them white folks. I just want you to worry about making me laugh. And you know what? I ain't gonna laugh at what I wrote. So nigga, you better write some new shit. And if that's funny, you make me laugh, you're getting this movie. They're gonna laugh if I laugh. Cause Damon don't laugh. Damon mm. just goes, hmm, that's funny. So you make <laughs> Damon <the> laugh. <laughs> so I actually took his thing and he brought out the writer in me. And I just rewrote all Damon's lines. I wish I still had the script. I had all these little squiggly lines with all my improvs on it. And I did the audition. I took three scenes and turned them into <laughs> each scene being 20 minute scenes. And um, I wound up getting the movie. Uh, what happened to Batman? Why are you I, not Batman, man? I was almost famous. <laughs> you know, I was almost famous like 30 times in my He's career. He's about to be that guy. I was supposed to be the guy. You know how many times I was about to be that guy? God don't want me to be the guy. I was almost the guy. If I would have been Batman, oh my, I'd, have been, I'd have been Black Panther before Black Panther. Yes. Oh, I would have been the guy. I didn't mean to bring up bad memories. I'm sorry. God, <laughs> once again, God, God is amazing. And the guy is short-lived. Nobody's the guy forever. So you have a long career. I have a long career yeah. trying to chase becoming the guy. <laughs> but here's the thing. I realize this. Some people get mad, right? I'm so blessed. Everything that doesn't happen wasn't supposed mm. to be. You have to have that wherewithal. You have to trust God. I always say I trust God. If I would have got Robin, I would have been hot, young, but after Robin, I probably wouldn't have had a career. Mm. But being that I didn't get Robin. And that's all you would have been known for. Um, well, yeah, I would have been known to be, be, being Robin. Yeah. But being that that didn't happen, I learned to write mm -hmm. and produce and create and create my own TV show. We created Wayne's Brothers. I've written and produced 15 movies now. Created two, three television shows. Like, I'm doing stand-up. Like, all the things that I'm doing now, had I gotten Robin, I wouldn't have done none of them. Word. That might have been a good thing, because I would have been rich and didn't have to. Uh, oh, this is too much work. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing fine, no, right? I'm not, I'm not mad. God is good. You're right. Uh, at the end of every episode, uh, we play a game of word association. So I say a word, you say, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You ready? OK. He ready. Uh, Blackness, go. Beautiful. <laughs> word. Laughter. Healing. Family. Everything. Money. The best. Yeah. <laughs> Gum. Who? Gum. Gum? Yes. I wish I had some. <laughs> My favorite thing in the world. That's what I like, heard. Like, Orbit <laughs> needs to give me, like, a deal. I chew Orbit gum all the time. Green. Five packs a day? I've heard that. Easily. Oh, wow. What I, is that? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love gum. You know what it is? I love fresh breath. I'm big mm. in the smells, right? Mm. Like, for, for me, like, uh, with a woman, right? The most attractive thing about a woman 
to me is the smell. If there's like a smell, like if a perfume is too floral or too, I just like a clean smell. Mm -hmm. I, I like to smell clean. My mom, she always tell me how my dad's feet stink. And she goes, I don't want no stink foot man. <laughs> don't you ever grow up to be stink footed? So I always been cognizant of like my, my body. I, right. I, I always washing, I shower three, four, five times a day. I chew gum, like I'll do it, chew gum during, and chew gum all night if there's somebody spending the night. I'll chew gum all night. Sometimes when nobody's spending the night, I'll chew gum all I mean, night because I don't want to smell my breath in the morning. This is the most awake you've been since we look how excited you are about the gum. I believe gum. you. <laughs> you woke up on the gum. He's like, who got gum? <laughs> but who want to stink ass breath next to you? It's like, who? I don't want to. I don't want to do it, and then we have to talk dirty in the morning like this. Last word, icon. Keenan. Yeah. Icon. One day. Okay. That's all for your word association. Yeah. That's a quick ass game. You want more? Game. Quick. Interview over. I don't know what wacky get up or character we gonna see Marlon in next. He probably gonna pay 12 people in his next movie. We know he can do it. That's it for this episode, people. Thanks for tuning in this week to another episode of Strong Black Laughs. This show is produced by Strong Black Lead and Netflix with Pineapple Street Media. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. Our jams are by DJ Don Will. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Don Will. I've been your host, Janelle James. You can find me on Twitter at, at Janelle J Comic. Make sure you follow Strong Black Lead on all of the socials at Strong Black Lead. And if you enjoyed what you've heard, don't be rude and keep it to yourself. Tell your friends and family about Strong Black Laughs. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to Strong Black Laughs on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.